0: Hello <laughs> What? <laughs> I Anyways mean, we have some firearms. I can't take Mason seriously. <laughs> Hello. Can you imagine him as a reporter? Hello. Okay, I can digress? Everything's fine. Everything's fine. The weather's great outside. <laughs> Welcome to the Reddit Podcast where I, 3 Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you, so come join me on the journey. The Radical Up podcast is produced in partnership with AmericanFirearms.org. American Firearms' mission is to recommend what works. We believe everyone deserves access to unbiased, helpful information about firearms. And our buying guides, product reviews, and learning resources are designed to help real people find the stuff that will work best for them. Check us out at www.AmericanFirearms.org. All right gang. Uh, welcome back to the Ready, Up podcast. I'm here with Kaylee and Mason Lane. We're actually on site in between the uh, back-to-back nationals. So we just shot Open and Limited. We're heading into production PCD, PCC. Of course, I'm the pcc here. But uh, guys, thanks for joining me here from this here. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk about all the things of uh actually mm-hmm. how you guys met and then how you guys tag team on shooting and competing. So I don't know where you guys want to start maybe of how your journeys got into shooting and then how you guys met yeah that worked first. uh me first yeah okay well uh obviously mason and i met um i think the whole first winter because so we met in november so the whole first winter i just kind of like tag team to the range didn't mm-hmm. really uh do anything i loaded bags like poorly <laughs> Um, you didn't have the uplula? Slowly. No, was the he was anti-uplula at oh, that time. Oh, hell no. Yeah, it was pre-broken wrist. So he was anti <laughs> Pre-broken <so laughs> wrist. Like, that I was like, I break my thumbs and it was like one mag to his like six. Oh uh, my gosh. And then I think it was like March or April, I determined. I was like, oh, you know, this is kind of boring to watch. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure we had a conversation <laughs> along the lines of like, just so you know, this sport is way not entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. But so if you're going to do it, you should probably just do it. Yep um so i remember my first match was a steel challenge match in pcc okay i think i practiced for like two weeks i think i did some you know at that time i didn't do any reloads or anything it was just oh. like okay i'll shoot a little bit um and then i did my first match and then phil was there phil straighter was there <laughs> so he was like "Oh, I'll come to this class fire match tomorrow so i first steel trained- challenge or uspsa for USPSA, okay. the next day by his uh, by his house. So we were. I was like, okay, I'll we'll like walk on and whatever. <laughs> so I practiced reloads that night, and uh, and then I got <laughs> class you know, this of course. <laughs> and uh, so that was super fun. And then where'd you start? I think I was C class for yeah. for PCC. Cool. Yep. Um, so I did that, and then I think a couple months later, I actually was like, I want to do actual pistol. real pistol. Yeah, yeah. I believe you just it. it's really good but you can't eat it for every day exactly the goal was like at that point it was like well you can hit any shot it's just like you gotta go faster and I was like yeah I wanna actually like do something besides just like go after. it's so, fun for racing i think learning the dot and like just having both oh, yeah. eyes open and stuff but i missed pistol like going back to open yeah oh yeah and carry yeah, optics 100%. i shot that a couple of weeks it's just, just fun i think there's a lot more going on with pistol so yeah. i was um i like doing that and i think i switched to CO like a week before my first major <laughs> it was uh like my first major match i think was area seven okay and uh yep. Mason wasn't there, so it was kinda of scary. Uh, and I was like good for you though. Yeah, yeah, yep. no. what? Yep. Yeah, Mason's mom came and supported me. That was kinda of my start. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. I know you started real early. Yeah, so I started uh when I was I was in scouting and uh so I took scouting really seriously and I, I like I wanted to be the best at scouting. You yep. know, that's kinda of like inverse the purpose of it. You know, I just wanted to take it seriously and basically progress through it as fast as I could. Mm-hmm. And so I kinda of got done with that when I was uh like 12 or 13 or so and uh fell into shootings you know me and all my my peers that were in scouting all like airsoft and and that kind of thing all of our folks were you know outdoorsmen or law enforcement etc yep and so we started a youth group that was focused around shooting and i similarly it took that like a lot more seriously than what my peers did. So I, st- I started competing and training around 2012-2013 or so. Was that, for scouting, was it 10-22s? Like what did you all you? We did some shooting, but it was uh, like no semi-autos or anything. Like okay. I got all the badges and stuff, Like, but it was all like single shot, you know, precision, small right war rifle, and, like, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, the program we started was, uh, there was a lot of, Money for the program and Scholastic Steel Challenge back when that was the thing, Yep. and uh, there's a new program called a SASP, Well it's not in the I, right? mm-hmm. I think it's called SASP, yep. which is still a program that runs where there's a Steel Challenge deal. That's how I got into shooting was that with cool. my college, but it was way later. Yeah, yep. So that was that was more or less how I got into it, and I just got had was lucky to have a lot of good mentors, you know, along the way that uh, helped me take it as seriously as I wanted to, it made it easy for me to be involved at whatever level I wanted. To be. Very cool. Yep. So shooting was, was like, a passion. I mean, you turned into taking it very seriously, I feel like, your whole life. When did that first, like, world champion, national champion, all that stuff, like, come into play where you were training? That was the goal? Did it take you a while to kind of, like, grow up into that? To start to get to be serious about the training? Yeah. I mean, I, I, right from the onset, I was, uh, I liked it a lot. Like when I was, when I was still in the scouting aspect of it with all my peers, I just, I wanted it better than all of them. It was for bragging rights. And uh, so it was, I was lucky to get sponsors early on that pretty much made it so I could train as much as I wanted to. And at that point it was kind of just like, you know, justifying that decision retroactively. (laughs) Honestly, like, Oh my God, these guys put a lot of trust in me. I should, you know, take it really seriously and try to get better at it. And uh, I always was pretty good about setting goals that were, far enough out that, uh, you know, it felt like I was really accomplishing something when I did it. So it was still like you had that reward of winning when you did it, but it was, uh, you know, not so far that you never got that carrot. Yeah. Uh, So I just kind of pursued the classification system and then, you know, matches, then just, you know, checking off people in the area that you wanted to beat or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always been the same level of competitive drive and pretty much the same level of training commitment, just various levels of ability to accomplish goals and what the goals are. That's awesome. So, okay. How do you both train at home, dry fire at home? Like, how do you guys play off of one each other, like each other on like coaching or seeing what the other one, you know, can work on? How does that work at home? Um, I would say so dry fire, we pretty well leave each other alone, except for every (laughs) once in a while, we'll do like some sort of dumb game, you know, like drop, you know, like stare at each other and do draws or something, you know, something stupid, like reload, you know, like reloads. reloads. Yeah. No, like reloads and stuff like that. Um, (laughs) But we essentially you know, leave each other alone unless it's like to call some call something out or say, "Hey, I'm doing something cool right here, you should try mm-hmm. it um in training, it's you know yeah we'll we'll you know we do similar drills a lot of the time, like um it'll kind of be like I'll set something up, we'll both do it, then he'll set something up we'll both do it, um, and again, mm-hmm. it's you know, hey, you're not being honest right there or. Uh, that looked weird. You should try this, or you know, something like that. Um, it's not, you know, we're not really like on each other constantly, but it's more like, hey, okay, you know, stay honest or whatever. Yeah. I think the biggest value add in both directions, we like, there's not a pretty much a time with only a couple exceptions. There's not really any time where we're on our paper or made, when we're not training. When we're training, when we're not together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably been count on on just both hands. Last time, last year and a half, where either of us have trained individually. Yeah. That's cool though. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's great, and it, mm-hmm. it makes it so accountability. We're both, we talk about it all the time. Like you know, Kay's a farrier; she shoots horses for mm-hmm. a living. So we spend a lot of time in the truck driving around, uh, just like shooting shit about about shooting in general. Yeah. So we t- we have a really good reference on you know, constantly doing a stop-start-continue sort of discussion on how where where we are and where we're going mm-hmm. individually mm-hmm. in our training, and we try to be honest about keeping each other honest. But like, it's easy to get into. You know, chase your tail in training, yeah. like we'll, we'll work on stuff that's not important, yeah, or uh, that's not productive. And So we both help keep each other oriented really well. But for the most part, like especially at matches, I and mean, definitely to some extent in training, we pretty much just ignore each other and stay out of yeah. each other's way, honestly. And Unless there's something to chip in, like actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's valuable though. Like the that separating couples is like in my class is actually really helpful. Yeah. They learn different learning or different mm-hmm. things, yeah. and it helps. Mm-hmm. It's it's honestly. Better to when we're on the range, we just see it as like it's not like we're a couple on the range. We're we're training partners and essentially you know just giving feedback where you need to. Yeah. Um. I think one of the cool things about training together is that we don't get into the same like feedback loops, like Mm -hmm. because obviously it's really easy when you're training to train on what you're good at Mm -hmm. and not necessarily what you're uh, what you need to to be working on. Yeah. yeah. So like being able to do what he set up and then saying like. You know, I'll practice that. And then say I catch him, like, he loves shooting distance. And it's like, okay, <laughs> do you really need to be shooting 30-yard partials right now? Like, we're, we're about to go to a match or something. You yeah. know, so I think that's one thing is really good, just actually trying what uh, somebody else is working on. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so at Nationals um this past week was really interesting to me. So you were on, of course, Super Squad for limited and you're on the ladies super squad, but there were times and I have pictures, but there were times where I caught you coming over and you guys were talking and discussing and pointing at the stages. Can you give like insight of what you're talking about? What questions, like literally what is, what is, what were you saying? Uh, in a lot of cases, it's just basic strategy. So like, you know, on, you know, on stages, there's a lot of cases where, you know, I have a reference of sort of where we, we both have reference of where we are ability wise in relation to each other. Mm-hmm. So Kay was in the squad ahead of me. So mm-hmm. she kind of, uh, <laughs> she was, uh, or the brunt of the experience, yeah. Experimentation I was, I was a lot. yeah, whereas <laughs> yeah, you guys know, come over and say, Hey, like, what did you guys do on this? Was not reasonable? What's yeah, play. And mm-hmm. she could pretty much tell me straight up, Like, yeah, I did this, I think you should do this. And I can obviously take it with a grain of salt and make my own decision, but right. that helps a lot. Yeah, uh, in a lot of cases, too, you know, having a corner coach just be like, Hey, I just jacked up this part of the stage and did that, or whatever. Yeah, and that's neat. yeah, like, again, we spend a lot of time training with each other, so we're able to say, you know, use this cue, like remind yourself of this, yeah. or whatever the case may be. Like, yeah. the big thing. McKay will always to say to me is, just hit the seal the first time. Like, use <laughs> a, use the right yeah. amount. There's no faster way to get through it than to hit it. Yep. You just hit it the first time. Even if it feels like it's taken a that time. Right. For and sure. So that's something that's easy to know, but not easy to remember. Mm-hmm. But, Like simple stuff like that. You know, makes it easier. to Together. i think it makes it a little bit harder when we're on different squads to like say the things yeah. that the things that you think the person needs to hear because honestly it's like i've shot so many matches with him i know i know a lot of the things to like cue him up to like do well and the same thing to me like hey treat that target seriously or right, do yeah. this just or that, that or <laughs> yeah or just grip the gun or you know like those little keywords that you don't think about um when you're just typing yourself up yeah. on stage Um, So it's definitely a little bit harder, I think, when we're on separate squads, but um, still, like, there's little things you can kind of say that, hey, you know, I've watched, you know, every person on my squad, screw that thing up, like, you (laughs) should, you should do this, because, I I mean, there's high level level shooters, but um, people are going to screw that up, or, you know, just little things that even just by shooting those stages ahead of time. For the most part, we we trade, like, inside information about the specifics of the stages or matches. It's usually not that much about like to t- technique adaptations, we're going to make the fly during the matches because there's a limit to how much of that you could do. Yeah. You know, you're kind of the haze in the barn, as we like to say. <laughs> yeah. By the time you show it to the yep. it's yeah, like your performance is going to be pretty much whatever it is. Yep. What was it like, each of you, to shoot on the Super squads? Like, what was that experience like? Because a lot of people don't get to do that in their lifetime. It's
1: yeah. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah
0: i think it's honestly i think it's pretty helpful because in especially for me for co because um a lot of the people i was able to kind of say like these people are in my skill level mm-hmm. and i can easily see okay they mm-hmm. pulled that off and that makes it way easier for me to determine like swear sequences or something like that like Oh, that didn't work out, or that did work out. Um, this match I didn't shoot as well because it's Iron Ironsides is not fun yeah. on this one. Ironsides is not fun period, for me. Um, so that was like a little bit harder, but overall, um, I think the group is really, really supportive and, you know, they want you to do well. And, and that's, I, I really appreciate that. Had you shot on a Lady Super Squad before? Um, I had it CO. Okay. Um, and I feel like I did it at some point last year. I can't remember, though. You did. Yeah, a couple times. I haven't. I thought it was really neat when I came over to take y'all pictures. Is that everyone clapped after everyone shot, no yeah. matter what? Yep. Well, like this is the most supportive squad out there on the whole entire range. Yeah. Uh, that is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. No, everyone's uh definitely really really supportive, and and everyone's willing to hash out plans, mm-hmm. and, and that's really really nice. Um. Yeah, I think the group's awesome. I think that that's one thing that's definitely a little bit different from when I shoot with like say Mason and his friends. Yeah. They're such higher skill level like they're definitely yeah. just as supportive and they'll hash out plans but to figure out stage plans with them <laughs> is actually almost harder like yeah. so they'll be like oh yeah i think you should do that or oh i think you should pull that off but i don't know if i don't see somebody yeah. like it's just that confirmation okay. which i know is like i shouldn't need that confirmation nope, but it definitely sense. it helps you know you yeah do, i mean anyone that's like it's you just thinking about it in terms of basic base, base math yeah, if you're even say a master, you're only 85 percent consistent. Right. You know, like do, so yeah. It's just yeah, it's not you're not always going to be able to know 100 percent what's going to go on. The yeah. less the less reliable uh, information <laughs> is, the farther down the skill curve you go Yeah, when it comes to comparing yourself directly with those fears. Yeah. 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 So it is nice for that. Uh, cool. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll we'll be there one day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it <looked fun>. yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh Yeah, obviously, you know, it's one of the only situations where <laughs> you're guaranteed to be with people that are uh, peers of of a similar skill level as you so Mm -hmm. that aspect is definitely there you get to uh, pretty good access to pretty good information as far as how to time out any kind of an activator sequence or make basic technique suggestions Um, for me I've become less and less dependent on other people's performance to judge what I want to do Mm -hmm. like I pretty much decide what my plan is going to be with a couple modifiers or contingencies based on how I'm feeling Mm -hmm. and I try to not let other people's decision-making affect that at all this because I've, it, I've found, you know, in the past, I've taken the mentality, like, if I just do the same plan as the guys that I want to be, then it'll just come down to who's the better shooter. Right. right. Which is, like, that's a totally really commendable and fair, oh. you know, attitude to take up, but at the same time, you have to do whatever's most comfortable to do. How many super squads have you been on? I've been, um, I could be wrong on this because I don't have notes or anything, but I think <laughs> with one exception, I've been on the super squad at every massive shot since 2017. Wow. So did you have the pressure in 2017 or whenever you first got on the super squad versus now where you feel a little bit more comfortable because you're not? The pressure doesn't go away. Okay. It's just your your ability to handle it does. Yeah. Um, definitely in 2017, the first time I was on there, I had a, it was like kind of eyes wide open, like I was just coming in with a fresh look <laughs> just to basically learn as much as I could. Yeah. I learned a lot from, from that first experience. In 2017, I shot the first time on the Carry Optics Super Squad, which was very early in the year. They totally put in, in, uh, and Optics Nationals in March that year. And uh, I couldn't believe, I learned a lot because I couldn't believe like how many, it's going to sound bad, but how many mistakes the top guys made right. uh, during the course of a match. And yeah. I, like I was left with this impression that I had to shoot outside of my ability or had to put together some kind of a perfect match to get the result I wanted. And uh, there was times during that match when I was leading. And, mm-hmm. I, and I didn't realize at the time, but I looked back and I was like, I was leading this match at one point. <laughs> and uh, then later that, that same year after shooting uh, the production nationals, I realized all I have to do is shoot. You know, like 85 or 90% of my ability. I can lay back a lot yep. and get the result that I want. I ended up jumping from something like 85 to 90% and around like 30th place to like a 6% jump and up to third at production. That's amazing. That year. So, I mean, I learned, I learned a lot just through that, that one experience. Yeah. Uh, just from, you know, seeing how other top performers kind of go. So many people in our sport doesn't under, don't understand consistency wins versus yeah. like stage wins, stage wins, stage wins. Yep. I looked at Aaron's scores, like he had couple two really tough stages were like 36 46 whatever position he only had two stage wins out of 20 stages and yep. he won the match yep so i think that's what people don't realize is consistency over yeah. all of that yeah and that's definitely it comes down to sort of there's some level of stylistic difference it comes down to you look at cross-section of the super squad too like there's some guys <laughs> that are going to win a lot of stages they're going to kind of they'll consistently try to perform outside of their ability by a matter of 10 or 15 percent and, uh, and end up with stages where they collect, you know, 20% worth points and okay. others where they drop down to the 80s or so. And sometimes that shakes out, sometimes it doesn't. But yeah, for the most part, it's definitely valuable to be consistent. Yeah. So, okay, you both have shot Ipsic and USPSA. What do you prefer? Ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I honestly, I would say Ipsic only yeah. for the fact... Oh, only not u.s like not u.s ipsic but like overseas ipsic mm-hmm. uh it's awesome honestly um the amount of stages that they get you through in a day honestly just probably due to the three-two-one format um walk me through that never shot it sick. i'm shooting my first one in january in florida Someone, oh, yeah, yeah. That group one. That, yes. I'll be there. So, so <laughs> we've gone, uh, Mason's gone three times. I've gone twice to the Czech Republic to shoot the, the same group, the Extreme Group puts on a match, the Extreme Hero Open, mm-hmm. Czech Republic. Um, they do 30 stages, three days, Ooh. half day formats. Um, yep. The first time we shot oh, it, they, no. had, they had children. It's so awesome. Literally, children are facing your targets. Like, they have little safety vests on. Like, labor you know, is cheap over there. Oh my yeah. God. It was cracking me up so much. Like, there's like a little girl that's like six years old. Just oh my God. this facing her way, and they're all smoking cigarettes. It's just, it's <laughs> That's not on. It's incredible. That's just conserving. Um, <laughs> I would say, <laughs> <laughs> Do okay, that's on. something I should prepare for. If I see it, I'll be like, Okay, oh, yeah, it's normal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was really, really cool and, and we were I mean, we literally got to just sit in a chair and, and watch watch the kids pace You know, you got to watch the stage ahead to see what was mm-hmm. going on, um, because of that five minute walkthrough thing or four minutes or whatever it was. Um I thought that was really cool and I think the, the bigger part um was that like the thirty two round stages like in the U.S., we we always like to say like, oh, if it's like a speed shoot, mm-hmm. it's a speed shoot. Like we don't put effort in, we don't put yeah. walls in, we don't put you know, if it's a twelve round stage, yes. why are we going to put all this effort into it? Yes. Total opposite. There is the same amount of effort put into a twelve round stage, fifteen round stage, twenty round stage, or a thirty two round stage. Huh. There could be twenty walls out there for a twelve round <laughs> stage, like, and honestly, a thirty two round stage could be a minute and a half long. Holy to, cow, yeah, that's kind of fun though. With Oh, removing yeah. targets, yeah. steel, everything. Why are there still all different colors? That's just kind of normal. Well, it's they do that. It's actually, it makes more sense because it's white is no shoot steel. So mm. blue is shoot steel or whatever, whatever. Or whatever. So, in, in, yeah. um, yeah, it all, it all depends on the match. Like, sometimes they'll shoot the white sides of the target. And it's, it's not confusing. confusing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. Um, okay. so I think that was really cool. Uh, everyone talks about wanting to do the, like, you know, have like staff reset just yeah. so that they they can sit on their butts, and that's not the true purpose. I think. Like at the end mm-hmm. of the day, if you're only going to get through six stages, then yeah. why would you have the staff reset? The staff reset is so that you can get through ten stages right. in a half day if you're going to do that. Right. I, I, I was, I was yeah. exactly what I was going to say too. Is That's that's there's that, but it's also this last year we shot the match. There was only uh, staff reset on. Only the larger stages, and they only basically had them setting up with the, uh, with the moving targets. The moving, yeah. And they were still able to move, you know, 10 Features. squads or whatever through 10 stages in a half a day. So it's, it's come out the efficiency of, of the, how, how they systematize, you know, the stages and having the, mm-hmm. uh, just the number of reset that's, that's required by mm-hmm. having smaller stages is way different um so i obviously like that a lot you know they're they're way more formalized in terms of how they go about the reset process a lot of the times in the u.s right you'll go down range and you're like you're gonna patch one target and you're like hey yep you know buddies go team patch one target just because you know, i already walked all the way down and right you don't get any of that over there at yep. all yeah The other, like, like she said too the other thing is the economy of effort in the u.s is like Directly related <laughs> to how many rounds of stages. Yeah, like you're you're really going to be lucky to get anything other than some targets in a shooting box. Course right, course in America, that's just not how it works there. Luke, uh, one of the guys who's staying here with at the match when he shot at Pan Am a couple of weeks ago, he said, "Uh, you know, I was I had this impression like you know all the short courses were going to be like really speedy and boring, <laughs> and it's like it's not." It's the, the the lack of F of rounds applied to the stage, just the contrivance to lower the hit factor in most cases. It's not like uh like it's a faster paced stage or it's less shooting. Right. And so you get just as much stage out of twelve or thirteen that's rounds, kinda cool though. If not more. Because then at the top with the speed shoes that we have, the percentage is like point zero one, oh, point right. five. The scores are compressed. There's no the, separation the, there. The factors yeah. are way up here versus there. They you know, by having essentially cutting out targets on a thirty two round <laughs> course, like a style that style. Um, you then have a two-factor or a three-factor where people but, actually yeah. have to aim to get points. Think about so, this. Uh, the limited national speed of shot, Scott Brown finished on a speed shoot where you standing in a box and you had a couple seals of static paper, a swinger, and a partial in that order. And it was like a three and a half second stage. And he had to blow the curve on that stage by a matter of like 20% to win. And he mm-hmm. almost did it. But if you took that stage and applied it over two or three shooting positions, think about how much more separation, Fred, how much yeah, like, more sure. skill is required. To, to apply to, you know, to blow the curve in that same That's standards. why the old classifiers are so blown out, too, though. Yes. So, oh, well, the higher the factors, the more the scores are going to be pressed. Right. just kind of how the math works. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, opening a can of worms, though, because we kind of talked about a little bit, what do you guys think of the uh, USPSA, like, staff reset at some of the sectionals and area matches? Pros, cons? I mean, it's, it's awesome. We're able to do it. We haven't actually attended any of those no, yet, so, I mean, I can't speak too much on what the mm. experience is like. I think it's a great thing, but, like like Kay said, it's if you're doing staff reset, um, just because it sounds like an attractive idea on paper, I think it's a little bit misguided. This should be done so that it's actually Purposeful. more efficient, so yeah. that it's systematized and you're yeah. able to get through more stages. Then, yeah, you could fit more people into the match or fit more stages the yeah. 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 So how do you guys prepare for the big shoots, whether it's IPSC or USPSA or even like nationals right now? Uh, what do you do gearing up? the changes? here first uh i would say is always first we should go with that (laughs) yeah uh first i i would say honestly in general shoot more um i would say the the bigger thing that changes is that we'll do more like dynamic shooting not necessarily just drills um more scenarios more uh it, I just would say it's not like stand shoot drills or mm-hmm. or just like a out of the book drill. It's gonna be like we set up some paper, we set up no shoots, we maybe set up something that we think is gonna like okay that match looks like it has a lot of partials, mm-hmm. set some of that up. Okay, it's got a lot of forks, let's set that up. Um, not necessarily trying to set up the stage, yeah. But set up more stuff where we're we're working on visualization and then execution. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, to understand the difference, you kind of have to understand like what we do like during the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. Like in, in the regular season, like we'll structure a live fire session, for example, like around probably three drills and try to compartmentalize like three different sets of skills. So you do one department of sort of like pure fundamentals mm-hmm. where you're doing like doubles or crack accuracy or maybe something that's slightly more complicated uh, that stresses all your focusing lines for gripping your vision with maybe some small distractive element to make it harder (laughs) and then uh you know you'll do like sort of execution training where you're doing the exact same thing that you're talking about do more of when you get closer to the match Mm -hmm. uh definitely the volume of training increased a lot like there's you're not one like we both shoot i I in the last couple national laps i've shot essentially every day for up to two or three weeks before the match just to Mm -hmm. you get more comfortable you know just shooting when you're able to do it all the time you guys just walk out your backyard yeah, we're, we're, we have a range on our property that's slow. Uh, just a stand to jump is. away. Yeah. yeah. It is awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's that's convenient for training, for sure. Um, cool. So what's the pressure like right now? So now you're coming off this national, then not there? I'll take this one first. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> production is, is, was the first division that I sunk all my energy into. I shot production exclusively clean through and for the first three or four years of my shooting career so my ego has historically been way more tied up in production than the other division and I've won and sell in on that one more than any other um but it's the participation abroad <laughs> has kind of dwindled off more and yeah. more over time uh to the point where I haven't I'm gonna get a shot production in the U.S. like 10 round production since mm-hmm. production national last year oh wow so I mean, it's, to me, it's the same as any other any other large level match. I'm going because yeah. I want to win. I'm like prepared as I've ever been to do it, but it's it's not any different than any other match. It's to me the until the inevitability of an outcome is like right around the corner, the pressure isn't really a crazy big factor. It's just being very focused and trying to do the right thing. Do You think his mental game is a lot better than yours right now? Uh, like, and mine probably. He's just defense. dialed in. Overall, I think his mental game is way more ironed out. than Yeah, fun. yeah. Because um, I find points where I'm like, oh, yeah, my mental game is actually spread away. Like, I actually mm-hmm. felt like I shot CO so much more, like, CO Nationals when I was shooting more comfortably, mm-hmm. more, like, at home, like, everything, and then I shoot limited, and it's all stressed out, like, There's can't hard. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I think that for me, I mean, pressure is what you bring, yeah. but it is so hard not to bring it. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, I think the biggest difference between, if, if you're looking at someone who's like A class or master class, and looking at where I'm at now, I think one of the bigger differences is not, it's, like, you understand the, the visualization aspect, mm-hmm. like, how to visualize, like, what all the important stuff is to put in there, but then, like you're saying, it's like, how to manage the stress and manage, like, everything you think and feel and do during the match to yeah. make it so that you just actually follow it yeah <laughs> i think it's different though because like you're like you said you shoot so many matches together it's very rare that you shoot separately and i still think that is like your team your support person i mean same with any other duo that i can think out there like that's a big change yeah it's a big match yeah it definitely is um yeah. you know, like in my it. world by yourself <laughs> yeah, <I> know. <laughs> we know everyone but it is still different it, yeah. it is different um like i appreciate that you know it, it's just like uh like it's half it's good to have someone that you can like be with on the mm-hmm. spot um which is like nice it's like you know if we shoot together or whatever like i know that i would at least have somebody <laughs> to like bounce ideas off yeah but it is it is and there's like always in the back of your mind like you're like i wonder how they do <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah yeah um so that's kind of like different but i don't know it's just one of those <laughs> things one of the biggest <laughs> things i yeah, think you figured out in Red uh recently in terms of game we talked about is you have to have a good time you're doing it. Yeah. Or, you know. Oh yeah. No, that actually was a, a <laughs> big change for me in co which I figured out was, I was like, you know, joking around with the girls and everything, and I was like, oh, I'm actually shooting quite well. And into day three, you know, I'm looking at scores, and oh, if I do this or that, you know, this is going <laughs> to get me there. And all of a sudden, the first two stages, I just like, I didn't crash and burn, but I did not do. I did not shoot to my potential at all. So looking at scores tripped you out into putting pressure on what you could do. I think it, it, well, I have been looking at scores the whole time, but you know, it was like Mm -hmm. the final day. Yeah. And, um, I think it was to the point where I was like, oh, I need to dig in on my visualization. And I need to do this and I need to do that. And I just took myself out of having fun. <laughs> and then. Like, it's working. I should do it way different. I should do it 100%. 100%. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> So then I realized after those two stages, I was like, all right, I need to, you know, obviously I still need to go through the visualization, but I need to, like, okay, run it, run through it twice, you know, make jokes or whatever. Right. And, like, and then go back to it and kind of make sure I'm, like, still having fun, fun. <laughs> and, and yeah. it, it definitely pulled me back out of that and then I, I shot so much better through the through the rest of it okay good almost every time I saw you or this national to the last nationals you and Jess were doing the, the- the oh my children. god like the, the whole time taxing. yeah oh, sorry I got to fit through this wall so I'm to yeah. <laughs> on each other that's a good <laughs> way to <that> instantly <laughs> put me in a good place yeah. right? right I felt like I was having fun once everything was coming together and working and I'm coming off like excited nobody's excited I am that cheerleader on the squad I think that was oh, yeah. yeah, we're shooting it's shit yeah. and everybody's just kind of like staring and I'm like that was fun guys like, that was supposed to be fun It's. Yeah. I know yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, and I think that's a big thing is that you know, you you put so much pressure on mm-hmm. yourself, and you want to do well because it's something you work so hard at. Yep. and then it's like to then show up and not shoot to your So annoying! It's so annoying. It, is, it it can put you into a spiral so fast, yeah. and it's like, okay, remember, I do this for fun, right? You know, I'm I'm not making any money at it. Like, <laughs> let's just, let's do it for fun, yep. and uh, that reminder definitely helps. Good. So, okay, you we all three actually run those InstaGo cameras. In yep. Do you talk to yourself when you shoot? No. Never. Mason yells at me. I, swear, and I, I to, be, yeah. used to. Yeah, yeah. I used to talk to myself, and he, he uh, got very mad and said, You do not talk to yourself. We well well, you had yeah. like early on, you used to talk to Yeah, I time. used to. <laughs> so like, oh, oh, dear. Oh, no. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> like, not even bad word. Okay, Ned Flanders. <laughs> 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 like, you're busy creating a monologue. You're not answering up in the middle. I like, I want to see those videos. now. Oh, dear. No. <laughs> yeah. no. Yeah. You don't yeah. You anymore, I don't no, I, I don't. I cut that habit out for me. So, so he was, like, he was like, you're not, you know, you need to actually focus on the task. You don't be like, oh, take the mag out. There's this malfunction. Like, you can't be. T- I've done that before, though, but talking to myself slows me down. Yes, yeah, absolutely. It's really bad. It's just you're taking their mind off the of thing and focusing on uh-huh. verbalizing what's going on. But I, you still do. Well, I swear a lot. <laughs> I did on that stage. saw so on the, uh, uh that Virginia count the the four and then reload two 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 scene. Uh-huh. It was so freaking stupid. I I pulled out the gun and I just like I was doing like practical accuracy. Honestly, that's what <laughs> I was doing. And it, it was yeah. going so perfectly. Wham 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 wham. Wham. Five I shot. And then I literally like, oh gosh. And I was like, nope, don't talk to yourself. She's <laughs> like, keep going. And I literally I had like three charlies on that stage and i have five alphas on that first target i was like i'm an idiot no it happened. Yeah. a lot of people so, did five um i can't remember who they were shooting with uh it was either steve or camden one of those two the ro's mm-hmm. did five shots and linda made fun of them for doing five shots and she went up there and did five shots <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> So karma's yeah, that, very quick oh. is and it really karma is, is contagious. so Tim, Tim Proctor on my squad uh, that, that speed shoot with the seven rounds or whatever he shot the no shoot and so I was like damn bro and then I go out there and I shoot the no shoot but I got the alpha it with the see. no shoot <laughs> um, and it really is contagious so you know Mason <laughs> fell on, on day one of shooting he, uh-uh. he yeah. fell pretty bad yeah where? I was like, when? stayed uh, 15 so we had to duck around the back side of the area Yeah, he fell do like, you have this really video? Bad. Oh yeah, the head cam footage. He, like, he <laughs> fell, like the gun was the first thing to make contact yeah, with the ground. Yeah, the gun broke my and I <laughs> yeah, yeah. malfunctioned. An uh, it. But, um, so everyone was making fun of Mason for falling so much, because he really does fall a lot. And then Luke fall? fell and like absolutely skinned his knee like so, so bad. Airborne. Yeah. It sucks. Like, it is contagious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't fall, so. Another one under my belt. There you go. <laughs> um, okay, we digress. Well, what were we talking about? Something. Uh. Right now, right? I just want all oh, the video stuff. No, I Went back and watched my head cam on one of those videos, and I'm now talking to myself again, and I just, like, kind of gave up. I was like, oh, this is great. And I really slow on the that, I'm like, this is the worst. So I'm like, I can't post that video. <laughs> you hear yourself talking more than when you're, like, third person. Also, my dumbass, I forgot to flip it upwards, so there's just me and the gun and no target. So you can't see the swinger. <laughs> and I crushed those stages. It's like, cool, Ken. We've learned. <laughs> but the recoil looks so <laughs> looks good. Looks so good. Jesus Christ. So that's bad. Uh, um. No. So you guys did decide to create a training company and travel and and teach together. So when did you formulate that company and decide to like go in business together? And yeah. That? So I we started. To go, I started the company in 2019 in May. Uh. Originally, it was just, just kind of my thing, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, Kaye had her own business, and that was part of the inspiration for me to do it. But uh, oh. I was still in college at that point, and just get just getting out of college mm-hmm. I think and realizing that it would be a streamer of, of income, mm-hmm. you know, for example, like the part time job that I had, getting $2 like okay. What was a part time job? It was, I was cleaning police cars in the local police department. It was a mess. <laughs> <Working, working, working laughs> and the he would parking fix industry. the, uh, I would fix the, uh, parking, <laughs> parking <Yeah, I> division. <laughs> <with parking laughs> you I know, would clean, clean cars and whatever else. Those, those, those are. <laughs> Those aren't made for winter. I didn't know this either. The batteries and them, like die, so it's yeah. like a full time job. Just like running around fixing yeah. those things. Like your straight face, I'm like really this. Yeah. <laughs> there's somebody that has to do that. I forget. Yeah, it's, it was for a while. Oh, funny. I started. I started a company at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and it, it was I, I instantly knew that I liked it. Yeah. I didn't realize how much I would. I started doing uh, you know, just kind of individual lessons to people in the area. Mm-hmm. And then we've got more and more requests for classes. I'm still working on growing, you know. Yeah. Drawing, getting more and more requests for classes, of course. But I'll, I'll go just about anywhere people will have us. And uh, now Kay travels to pretty much all the classes and helps me teach and stuff. I love it. So okay, backing up, your demand came from word of mouth. It wasn't you like putting out like classes. It was like, hey, come here. Like okay, it wasn't you saying a date and come to you. Yeah. No. I, I mean, it's it's. The way classes operate, for the most part, is it's the same for most instructors. Mm-hmm. It's uh, you know, someone in an area wants to take a class. They get a hold of me. I say, here's all the big stuff you got to have. Yeah. And they're responsible for doing all the the logistics of getting people together, getting it approved at the club, making sure there's all the requisite materials yeah. to make sure the class can operate. And then I'll go almost any distance <laughs> to come put on the class and make sure it goes smoothly. What's well, almost any distance? Uh, we're, we're going, going to Norway next year. What? That's so, yeah, awesome. Yeah, they're pretty much anywhere. You guys remind me of Max and Linda then. Yeah. Up. Oh, yeah. Okay, how cool is that though working together? And I know like you oh my gosh, you're wonderful. You see a lot of things that like, he does it, and you can help us in the background. Um, dry firing a stage was the most weirdest thing I've ever done. That was yeah. great in that class. Yeah. So uh how does that feel too like being in class and like playing off of each other? Uh I, it was actually kind of funny in the beginning when Mason was doing like individual lessons, I was almost like a translator, <laughs> like because he was not as a, good of an instructor as he uh-huh. is now. Yeah. And he yep. used to like say something and just based on my skill level. And then like, you know, I was so much closer to the students level. Yep. And, But I also spent so much time around him that I knew what he's trying to what he was trying to convey, (laughs) but like knew what their um skill level was. Sure. So in the beginning I was just like the translator, like, I think what he's saying is this. (laughs) And he was like go back and forth. Um, but he's honestly he could do it without me at this point, but it you know, he can convey information way better. But uh Nowadays, it's more, more so I can do like the logistics, I can mm-hmm. do kind of the background. Uh, the stuff boys don't like to do. 100%. Yep. 100%. <laughs> general. I still um, think people do a lot of that to do in class. I right? do too. it's, it's uh, yeah. people, it's, it's the same thing on a lesser degree. I'm not incapable of communicating with people like I used to be, But uh, <laughs> I do think like having it come from a different perspective of someone that's gone through the issue themselves and provide providing you. Experience and share that directly. Yeah. Or I, I know what I'm, what where someone is and what they're looking for, and I know what the step in between is. But I don't have the, you know, I just went through the six months experience. Yeah. And I same information in the same way. Um, I think that, and I think that's like ninety percent of teaching is just coming up with like obviously the way you say it the first time and like say the demo, mm-hmm. like you might say say the thing one or two times, um, like one or two different ways, um. To hit on most learners, mm-hmm. but obviously then there's like there's so many different ways to like present information to see if you know will that click? Will that click? Yeah. Will this click? Um. Uh, so I think having like two different perspectives, just like coming oh, up helps. with new ways to to present the information helps. Yeah. So, so what I mean. have you guys seen in your students? Like where they were? What have you seen like case studies of improvement? Well, so the most dramatic case studies were from the private students, just because I yeah. see them mm-hmm. so often. Yeah. yeah, I've been with them for the longest. There's, I think, I've done. Uh, there's been a couple instances where I've taught a class in an area and revisited another year or two later. Then you'll see a, you know, in that case, you, there's it's a normal distribution. When you see you get a class of twelve people comes back as a class of eight or these students, it's going to be yeah. a normal distribution of some people. You know, like they have a hard time sort of self-teaching and like taking the instruction. So they kind of get a little bit better you know they get a little bit more knowledgeable yeah some people get get like you know a few percent better and some people excel like yeah. the class is all they need to like unlock all kinds of potential yeah right and so i mean that's to be expected but with the, the private students you get to see a really good look inside of what their training is like how they grow and develop not just in terms of their ability but how they think about what they're oh, yeah. doing and like yep. that's i mean that's the coolest thing to see is when yeah. you take someone who's like not just be class by ability but, like, D class by, you know, mm-hmm. aptitude. They're mm-hmm. able to, like, shift the way they think about training and developing, and so they're able to, like, actually orient themselves and train themselves. Yeah. yeah. Very and cool. I totally agree. Very cool. So, switching gears completely, because I just kind of want to know this. Have you ever shot other sports other than USPSA, or thought about it? Uh, I, I have one one, yeah. Yeah, I don't... We shot a little bit of Steel Challenge. Yeah, I we shot one, literally one Steel Challenge. <laughs> and, and literally one I didn't think <laughs> Yeah, I actually I did my that's, first MMA match this year. Me too. So first and fun. last. I got I'm done. <laughs> so many procedurals for like uh-huh. not cutting the thigh correctly right targets, yeah. and like mm-hmm. stupid stuff like that. But it was yeah. fun. <laughs> and, yeah, this, I, Yeah, I mean, people trash hard and, and we well, because they deserve it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there's, there's, I think there's more valuable value in that from a training perspective, okay. and people realize. It used to be, like, in terms of figuring out awkward leaning positions and stuff like that, they gave you a lot of chances to work on that sort of thing, and required to be much more diligent of accuracy, which it still does, yeah. now kind of to a fault. Uh, and, like, the one thing that's... This isn't an endorsement by any means, but the one thing I think that, uh, that people can get out of it is, like, the procedure as far as even simply how you're going to load and unload your gun on like yeah. every stage can vary from RO to RO as you go through an activity match, because there's so much logistical inefficiency and inconsistency from official to official Yeah. that it requires you to be way more mentally flexible and honestly durable as, like mentally durable than it does shooting a USPA signal. That makes sense. There's no, like, having a subconscious program and just, like, you know, kind of teeing it up, visualizing, and then just letting it run on an IDPA stage mm-hmm. or going through an IDP match. Like right. You have to be able to basically work through your problems consciously and be like what does this guy want to me?" <laughs> okay, well, I guess I'm going to go load the gun now. Okay, I guess now this is completely random activator or something I wasn't <laughs> expecting. Whatever the case may be. It's, it's, it, it can be valuable, I feel. I shot a ton of IDP. I started in IDK uh, like 2012 or so before I started really taking this seriously. How old were you in 2012? I don't know, like 12 or 13 yeah. or something like that. So young. Yeah. About just ended your train of thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, shot, I shot a bunch of steel challenge ninety p.m. more so <laughs> earlier on. And now I shoot pretty much just pistol okay. I've done a little bit of three gun stuff, but I don't. I, I enjoy that about you, please. I, I, I shot far. one. I shot one three gun match. <laughs> that, oh, yeah, well, you did three gun it. match. Oh, I yeah. The shot the three gun match. What'd you like? <laughs> did what'd you like about three gun? I actually enjoy shotgun a lot. Yeah! I actually enjoy there shotgun. I, I yes. keep saying I want to get into like okay. sporting plays. So, I USA team, World Shotgun 2, you want to go? Yeah, I'd do that. Okay. Where, Where is, is it? That's serious. I don't know. It's after Thailand. I'm sure it's back in Thailand. Yeah. I don't know. That's my dream. That's my goal. We got to go. I got to go. I would do it. Let's go. Yeah. I actually, I, I'm, I'm not kidding. good at it though. Yeah, you are. You just bust, you just blow things out. I it's very easy I to trade shotgun in. first pistol. just Yeah, I mean, you haven't even done enough to kill it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I just have to practice the loads. That's all dry fire. It's yeah. The, it's the, I've used fire. some shotguns. They, they have like the choking and like knowing your patterns and stuff. So yeah. You feel too. Yep. So they will set up tight partials like for oh, your yeah. first shot. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm used to in the three gun stuff. And that was what I love so much. It's like we got to choose options. That's why I like three guns. Like, you choose what gun you are really good at or like. And there'd be no shoot and they'll hit target, no shoot. And I know my chokes and everything. It's so much fun. I don't know why, but I love it. <laughs> I try to, I like teaching women to shoot. Oh, so Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I, yeah, you have to drive to matches. I would never, I, I'm never going to fly to a three gun match. Yeah, I've else. done it twice. I mean, never. <laughs> it's never. A, at the three gun match that we shot, it was local. And, like, we were sharing everything but the pistol. <laughs> and I still, I could not believe the amount of crap I was dragging uh, around. Yes. I'm like, God, i feel like a shirt foot right now. Bird <laughs> shot <laughs> plugs, rifle, which burner and long-range ammo, pistol ammo. Then you got your caddies, you got your mag files, your magazines for rifle, for pistol. Um, you got your, your chokes, your rangefinder. Your <laughs> you show up with everything all organized. And then it's like, <laughs> once you <laughs> just... Everywhere. <laughs> I need a wheel angle to get your crap around. And so that that's bad. that. That's yeah. I drive up to the bays and I shoot, and like, this is the only way to shoot three and to be able to drive yeah. from bay yeah. to bay, drop the tailgate, and all your crap's there. It's yeah. very unorganized. Um, cool. Okay. So other sports. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious about that. <laughs> um, so, for you guys, what is like your goals now, individually, as a couple, whether it's business or shooting, with you're on World Shoot Team, right? Yep. Are you as well? I am. Okay. Yeah so what does that look like what are you preparing for well I didn't know and well I didn't I didn't know I was going till recently I I, uh I like did all the um the qualifications and then recently I got the slot so (laughs) I haven't necessarily got to decide what that preparation is going to look like I know that we shot that Pan Am match and the (laughs) swingers yeah. over the top swingers <laughs> Say anything eight, like that ate <laughs> my lunch i'll tell you what i it was like absolutely brutal because i would i would shoot the stage and be like oh, yeah it's alpha charlie and get down to the swinger and it'd be like like one delta and i'd be like oh not funny <laughs> <buddy." laughs> so everything i know is a lie yeah. <laughs> so um yeah. that is going to be a big practice we actually just got a um, a swinger, <laughs> oh so um, funny. It's so painful. I actually shoot um in practice. So that I, was like area eight swingers, the right one, the Oh, left the, one. Right left. Left. Yeah, I knew, those ones. Those were my lunch too. yeah. But. but but yeah, the one the ones that Am, mm-hmm. It was every other stage, mm-hmm. lightning for the top like, and it wasn't like all exposed. It wasn't like oh here it is. It's like. No, there was like this much dipstick target. <laughs> they were they were tough enough at, that, like that the Americans figured it out by the end of the match. Like everyone I talked to, but every American I talked to, like they got progressively better at the swingers over the course of the match by figuring out how much they had to leave them based oh, on the distance. Yeah, yeah. Cause in a lot of cases, you had to shoot like off the edge of the tee to land them in the middle of the target. That's, that's yes. brutal. It's yeah, yes, that's brutal. Really so yes. if it's like that. We're going to have to work on that a lot more. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do a little bit of that. Um, we've been watching videos of matches that are at um like put on in that area. Yeah. Uh obviously it's not going to be just like, you know, them putting on that match, yeah. but you know, staff is probably going to be largely taken in from that area and, and putting on the stages. So we've been, you know, reviewing a lot of match video, um, you know, kinda of thinking about stuff like that, seeing um in, in, in Thailand they like the matches are pretty spicy, honestly. yeah, like pretty pretty Difficult shooting, I would say a lot of partials. Um, so we'll be once we get back from this match, <laughs> it'll be it's 18, not gonna be not of all death. different than how we prepare for an edge of match, it's just yeah. the shock difficulty and like practicing much more demanding, technical, yeah, you know, shooting. Basically. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be like a lot of all kinds of soft entries where you're kind of doing a bunch of shooting on the shot it's the shock difficulty a lot higher, be a lot more swingers, a lot more really particular positions and stuff like that. Just okay, dumb, very dumb. They Have a matchbook. Does the matchbook stages line up with? Most? There's really not, I mean, it's right? There's not, it's like the prior. Yeah, it's brutal. Okay, I mean, that's part that of IBC too. It's nature of IBC, you can't go walk on the stage yep. for the five minutes, yep. so you're required to work with a lot less visualization repetition to get the same job done. It's crazy. I think, um, a, of a yeah. couple of Americans will be shooting the pre match and they're planning on sending some video back to uh-huh. y'all. Yeah, obviously, we won't be able to like prepare with it at that point, but it'll be being able to, like, review the stages and um, kind of of get some visualization, maybe. (laughs) Are y'all shooting the same division? No. No, I'm shooting broad. I'll be shooting production optics light. What does that mean? Why light? So I wanted to shoot production optics, but um, we decided to make a team. So to shoot on the team, Um, the other two girls are shooting light guns, so I just went with a light gun. So I'll be changing out the X5 grip for the standard, standard. Oh, light weight. yeah. So it'll be the standard X5 grip as opposed to a heavy, heavy weighted, heavy. beautifully yeah. balanced. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> no more TAC. TX- but uh But basically, they subdivide it. So most likely won't get things yeah. after this World Really? One, yeah, I can't. No, there's one. no one participates in it outside. True. True. That, that, the one, yeah. yeah. Basically, the World Shoot would be the only match where like, they subdivide it that way. Yeah. So I know a lot of people probably ask you this already, and I don't know if I'm going to grab it. Do you want to show people the guns that you shoot and what you modified and all that stuff? Yeah, you're like sure. it's so far away. But. Okay, so let's talk about uh, limited guns. Yep. Sure. All right. So uh, <laughs> you first, because you can start with the whole cool guy. All right, So this is uh, this is the gun that I shot a loaded this year. This is assembled uh, pretty similar to the how I shot the gun last year. So it's uh, essentially uh, the same exact frame I use in, in uh, both production and carry optics at the bottom. It's a C-P320 um, with a Legion series a TXG lower. I've done a silicon carbide grip job on it. It has Grey Guns trigger, which is pretty nice. Fairly light, but, uh, favorable for shooting quickly. This is a upcoming Grey Guns prototype 40 cal slide. It might not look exactly like this, but it's going to be something pretty much like this. You can see it has a pretty fat barrel on it. It's got some nice sights. It's got a, a very a tightly fitted barrel, which is super accurate. And you can see it has the X5 series rear uh, plate on it. So those aren't necessarily uh, am- available to order now, but that's kind of what's coming up soon. Is what I shot at the series loaded. matches. How much does that weigh? Um, a lot. <laughs> it's probably it's, it's probably something like forty five ounces without a magwell, oh. with no mag. I had to guess it's a little bit heavier than the production gun. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I shot a, this was kind of like the pre, I guess the, uh, Would you mind if I talk about this? Yeah, why don't you talk about this? Because this is my car. gun also. Initially. This is the gun I was going to shoot last year. This is similar to the one that we just talked about. I had a little bit of a batter barrel and it had a barrel that was from a different company. Similarly, fitted very tight. It's five inches. It's got an aftermarket slide. And you can see it has a bunch of really fancy cuts in it, so the, the, the mass is distributed a little bit differently. Can you talk a little bit faster? Uh, uh, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, the trigger is also, <laughs> <The trigger's laughs> also the Grey Guns trigger. The frame is pretty much identical to the other one. Um, this slide was on a gun that took a different magazine, also a 40 cal gun. Um, and that's all we'll say about that. But this is sort of the the, the previous generation's mm-hmm. prototype uh, Limited Gun. Just as heavy. Just as heavy. It's actually a little bit heavier. Barrel's a little bit fatter, and it shoots. Uh, sort of feels a little bit slower than than this one does. I I, I came to prefer this one a little bit after doing some shooting on both of them, so I I took the one I, <laughs> I like better. You just throw to free to free. Yeah, sure. So here's the coolest thing about the 320. Most people are initiated, right? You literally <laughs> flip the takedown lever, pop the slide out, and you can throw any other slide back on it. So mm-hmm. this is the slide that I. Want. Yeah. For two limited nationals within 2020 and 2021, this one has a little bit of a shorter barrel. It is, for the most part, a factory, internally, it's a factory SIG 40 cal slab. You can see it has those very nice cuts, very nice sights, and a very nice tight fitted factory barrel in there. Uh, similarly, from bringing some modern classic 4.7 inch hmm. Um And then for production? Yeah. So, the base is going pretty, pretty soft on the, uh, on the slide for production, but I have the Guns Modern Classic 5-inch uh, production slide. So it's pretty sweet, it's got some nice cuts, it's a little heavier, it feels freaking awesome. So, yes, but, so the Modern Classic slides are mass balanced quite a bit differently than the factory slides. They cycle a little bit slower, a little bit more forgiving, and uh, they're aesthetically, as you can see, a little bit different. Uh, because I'm shooting production the World Shoot, I decided to choose the factory slide. So it's the sand gun from, from here down and it's factory uh X five D just slide from there up with the uh, factory sites and the whole works. Cool. So um what's your take on like minor major power factor? Do you think it still matters and It absolutely matters. Absolutely. It, it's it's this is something people are gonna continue wow. to talk about forever. Yeah, <laughs> it's been done Yeah, Nils did what is not impossible, clearly, but very, mm-hmm. very difficult to do in winning a, a, a match that is very advantageous to shoot major while, while shooting. I remember your speech last year. Thank you, Nils, for shooting yeah. minor power factor. That's the first thing I that's said. The very first sentence. He's, yeah, he's, he's an exceptionally talented. He's probably, certainly, arguably, if not definitely, the best iron sight shooter at a minimum in, in America. I agree. Uh, and that's why he won. Okay. It has nothing to do with, with minor advantage. That's not big dig on his gun. That's not no. big on anything about him it's It's, it's his ability that one in that it's it's certainly not there's not no advantage of when you get three one of one file off of. yeah, would you like to see forty disappear though i mean that's obviously it's its utility is limited pretty much exclusively to that one division at one point. yeah from a sportsman's competitive perspective, I actually like shooting a 40 caliber gun that's like boxed a little bit more and it's a little bit harder to hang on. to. I think it provides an interesting challenge for the shooter, but you know based on what we know about handgun technology now it doesn't actually make any sense. Yeah. I mean it's, it's one of those things that I understand why people just want to see it go away. Yeah. But. I think uh I don't care if 40 goes away, but I like I like the scoring challenges of minor versus major. Like I like that there's a like you know, there's one version of of the division, like, okay, in for there's carry optics and that's minor and then there's yeah. like almost like the grown up or like it's not that it's grown yeah. up, but it's it's open you yep. know then you've got major and all those extras and the same thing with production then you have grown up limited mm-hmm. um, with 40 gal and major and everything um so i think the scoring challenge is cool i would want to see the major and minor go away scoring go away yeah. but um i don't i don't really care about oh yeah but yeah i was curious so is there another division you want to shoot outside of care optics and iron sight stuff i <laughs> love open yeah yeah i would love to shoot open i i have a checkmate and i love my checkmate Mm -hmm. but um it just were. It made sense for me to stay iron sights for these two divisions, and I honestly, I obviously like my SIGs, but
1: um, yeah, I, I want to
0: shoot open next year. Okay, so, me, but, too. Yeah. me too. Me yeah. too. Let's do this together. Let's do open. Let's do shotgun. How yeah, about that? Let's do it. Like, yeah, that's, that's that's my plan. You sit out your people talk to my people and we'll schedules. You can train me on open. I can train you on shotgun. I know. I'm nervous We'll do some training days. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I love open though. I think it's very fun. Yeah. Uh, one match and I'm completely addicted. Yeah. Holy cow. It's just so uh, fun. It is very fun. Which gun did you shoot for that? Did you shoot the one with the comp? Yeah, the masterpiece uh-huh. arms brand new comp gun. They redid the design. I don't know if you heard a little bit about it, but they did an extra popple hole. Um, they had a full like comp on the yeah. end that was just like squared off, basically with the, the slide. Um, so they took some material off to like balance it a little bit better, so the weight's awesome. Cool. Oh my god, was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I I shot uh, open last year, and I had and uh, just because it was the I think it was it was the second match last year or something. Yes. So it I was, was open able- PCC. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, something Maybe. like that. So I was able or open and limited were the second match, I think. Yeah, it was because it was co and then co and co and then open and limited. Okay. Oh uh, So anyway, last year I shot open because I was like, oh, it'll just be the fun division. Like mm-hmm. I haven't got to do any training on this. This will just be fun. fun. And I had so yep. much fun. Yep. You mean you didn't yeah. want it? Oh, that's that's gone now. <laughs> what do you think of this match? Now that we're about to go with p c c PCZ and uh production like, uh, is scared. that going to be interesting <laughs> <Never seen. laughs> to say, i'm terrified <laughs> we practiced for distance knowing we, that we saw that pieces yeah were paired up and, and knew that the, the shot that will be is probably going to be there and knowing yeah. have all kinds of time to change things and we figured it probably the same way we're prepared for it but we're expecting so it's going to be it's going to be tough, right right i i don't mind the distance i just don't like the distance, one iron ironed on <laughs> rounds with iron That's pretty brutal. That's pretty brutal. I'm so sorry. Yeah. You can switch PCC. I have extras. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, yeah. No. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. Well, um, what else is going on that I, we haven't talked about? Anything that I haven't covered? Whether it's life, training, balance of life. <laughs> Know that exists no. homesteading. It's a huge part of homesteading, life. yeah. Uh, my chickens are almost up. <laughs> Yeah, Jay got some chickens. especially from from uh <laughs> from chicks. Yeah, baby chicks They're cute. They so cute. They're very cute. I'm about to find out my three that I hatched out. I don't know if they're roosters or hens. So a gender the, <laughs> the gender reveal. They're at the gender reveal age. They're six to eight weeks old, so it could be um could be sad. Mm-hmm. Oh, real quick, do y'all want to talk about your travel adventures? Along the road, flying, you know, all sorts of stuff. Uh, Have y'all enjoyed navigating those in this uh, house that we can't say the real name of? Yeah, I mean, we, we're not going to give y'all a tour. Or nothing, but, uh, Our this, house. It's the house that we rented here. In, it's camping. That's what I've determined. It is camping. It's camping indoors. <laughs> it's camping. <cute. laughs> yeah, there's wildlife. So uh, there's that. I and mean, you guys lived in an ho- uh, airport for three days, right? Okay. Oh no, that was two days. Um, going to the Czech Republic, going to the Czech Republic this year. We we've not had a huge amount of luck this year. Had more bad. Yeah. Uh, the, which I think everybody has really with the with the flight cancellation and everything. Oh yeah. The the you haven't kind of, seen my stories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, guys. Uh, going to the going to the Czech Republic this year. We had some difficulties where. Air France decided to not let us take guns on the plane. And okay. we experienced a very rude <laughs> French woman who was not gonna help us even when others tried to help us. Um so we ended up having to spend the night at the Boston Airport, which you it's know really, it's pretty much home. Yeah, 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 it's pretty much home. It's only an hour and a half from home, but poor Casey Reed had <laughs> um Air France stole his bag and like wouldn't give it back. What? It was the same French woman. That she, was not legal. I think she thought that it had guns in it but she didn't realize the gun bag was the one that he <laughs> <Yeah>. had <laughs> just everything he wanted to spend of night oh, yeah. love it <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so they like stole it from him until like 4am the next morning he spent the whole night trying to get his back, like going back and forth and like if anybody's flown through Boston I don't know if you have mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but anyway Boston has like an A terminal and an uh, A through a E mm-hmm. terminal but there's a bridge that connects A and E, and you have Delta and the Delta International, mm-hmm. and this is like a two mile walk. I'm not mm-hmm. kidding you. And poor KC, did that walk like ten said, times? Yeah, something like ten. We did it like six what? times. Us? Why? Because it was be back. To go back. <laughs> he just reached the point of frustration, and then he's like, "All right, so we go back to the hotel. Mile mm-hmm. walk. Yeah, I'm gonna take my back. Mile walk." <laughs> I just rinse and repeat for like a dozen times. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Um, but okay, we we're laughing about it now. It's not fun then, and it's hard to complain about doing something we love and, and like are passionate about. However, there's a very unglamorous side to shooting that nobody sees. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. And in that situation, that was a hundred percent it. We got we got to the match luckily a day late. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it definitely showed in our performances that year because oh, yeah. we were not rested. Um, yeah. And yeah. you're you're dealing with the time change and check. So mm-hmm. we thought we got there. We weren't even able. Like, not that you can walk stages in Amsterdam, sure. But you usually uh, get acclimate. To, you get to acclimate. You walk on the range. You do gear check. Right. um, You know, and kind of see stuff. It's Some familiar. Stuff you yeah. can kind of see from the back, kind of get ideas. Um, We didn't get to do any of that. And by the time... We, we finally, we, so we got in the night prior to the match. We're shooting the next morning. Morning is actually like nighttime at home. Yep. Um. So you sleep like crap because you're, you know, all pumped up on you know, energy drinks trying to make it through <laughs> like this flight and everything. Trying to make three hour drive happen from Prague yeah, to the range. It's mm. a three hour drive. Where, we were so tired and uh, we shot and I remember just feeling like I just kept drinking energy drinks and was feeling more mm-hmm. anxious and not any yeah, less tired really that was me sunday yeah, yeah. oh yeah. yeah that was me sunday i didn't feel good i've been like coming in sick and it was like the last day remember i take i did a whole energy drink and then i laid on the cart and i fell asleep for 20 minutes yeah. waiting on the spot ahead of us to shoot and i woke up and was like hmm, maybe i shouldn't be shooting yeah. <laughs> yeah and honestly too um like even food we don't have airport food and yeah. Honestly, beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, what do you do? We got into the Delta Sky Lounge, and it's like we're we're doing the Boston right? Oh, the <laughs> Boston bars. <laughs> okay, this is awesome. We haven't even talked about boneyard stuff either. So, yeah. so we get so us Casey Gardens, the Casey Jordan this Boston <laughs> Bruins this Boston Bruins bar in the Boston, Boston Airport, which is <laughs> awesome. We've actually gone there a lot of times. But it's really good. That's yeah, fine. It's a repeat customer pretty quality. <laughs> Um. So we go there and we order these. We both order sandwiches. Like I I got this. It was a very good sandwich. He gets a very good sandwich. Sandwich or something like that. Casey orders these Boston dogs, and it says they're. They say, "Do you want a Boston style?" And he's like, "Yeah." And they're, they, they the, dis- it the was description, description was outlandish. It was like the most brioche bun. It was like a like paragraph of script. Half a half pound. <laughs> um, you know, don't they do awesome. cucumbers, pickles, onions, like all, all this stuff? Uh, I don't uh, it's The a details lot. don't matter. Okay. <laughs> what okay. is They really sold the hell out of these hot dogs. Like they uh-huh. sound, and it's $14 for like hot dogs. Yeah. Like, and, and, but literally they sounded incredible. They come out, our sandwiches come out perfect. Perfect. This girl next to Casey gets like a half-pound burger right next to him, and Casey gets these two like ranks hot dogs. (laughs) It was like a steamed hot dog (laughs) on on like a raw (laughs) bun. No (laughs) bun. It was pieces of bread, (laughs) (laughs) like literally. Casey. Relish Relish. relish. and mustard. (laughs) Uh. Uh. That's That's it. Bullshit. And for a second, like basically, he's just like just like trying to keep it, like like not not acknowledge. It. And I look over at him, like, oh wow, those hot dogs are pretty underwhelming. <laughs> It was like, like a spit take. Like, I was trying to ignore it. I'm trying to just eat it and like, pretend it was good. Like, yeah, it and the whole time he eats his hot dogs, and then he, he's like sitting there hungry and, still, yeah. and He's just staring at the girl next to him just putting down his half-pound burger. That <laughs> yeah. ended up being the tone of the whole trip. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Every time like something happened, it was just I'm, like, yeah, we just got Boston, Boston dogs. dogged. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's a good story to show behind the scenes though, for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. we had a flat tire. I, I saw all all of the shit show. The airport. And and <laughs> he had a curb and frog. <laughs> no The next day we we're like driving. So it's his fault. I mean, trying to. It's, it's his fault. There was a pause. Like Fifteen inches wide. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so all of that though to say that the people that you travel with matter because you were you guys angry, funny, oh, delirious. I mean, we like what were like well, we then? This right yeah but, like, we were not mad at him it was just like we do not want to miss this play like we pulled together like we're driving down the road and this, this wheel is just getting louder and louder mm-hmm. and, like, <laughs> over the cobblestones and like finally like we come Let's to like a breaking. stoplight. <laughs> in case he's like we're gonna need to check that fire <laughs> out. and this thing looked like we're gonna eat inside of it Stabbed it. It's just so put crazy. a grenade inside it. It's like, there was—you could be a newspaper inside of this tire. It was so shredded. And we were like, we're gonna have to just like ride on the rim to get to a gas station to change it. What? Car. We did too. And that's exactly what we did. Holy we cow! We pulled into a gas station. We <laughs> pull in, and we're like, we're gonna change this tire, and we can't find a tire iron and the spare tire. And we can't find a tire iron. We can go inside, and I asked the guy at the station at the counter, I'm like, hey, can I buy a tire? And you have a tire with a flat tire, and he open mouth laughed. at me. <laughs> like, uh, like, like, no? Is that a yes or a no? They had the tire on it. We walked around and found it, but he just, like, was intent on it. Like, Did you no. buy it? Yeah, yeah, we had to. We Did you return it. it like John wanted to do with the hammer? <laughs> no. I mean, time, you should have. Okay. But we got the tire changed in, like, it was like 12 minutes That's it, it, so it was a pit crew though. You had three people. You got to go. I was like yeah. pumping up the car. Yes. Like, but honestly, God, it really does make a difference who you're Oh, For sure. Because it can be fucking miserable. We have Use like, the language. Or it can be awesome. It bad. And in yeah. Boston, initially, we were all pretty depressed. But after that yeah. point, it just became fun. It's just like, funny. It's like it's every real. Moment, every moment that it's gone is So much fun <laughs> i a Boston dog. i a Boston dog. Boston dog. So much magical. Like, every way imaginable. Yep. we almost missed that. Like You gotta like, make the most so, of it. Yeah, 100%. But it was just, it was funny. Oh, yeah. Like, Scoopering yeah. around frog was the best part of that. <laughs> best part of that whole trip. It was, yeah, it was good. So, okay, I want to go into non glamours I gave me another idea. Social media. That's a big part of our industry, mm-hmm. even though, like, there's really a lot of blocks on our stuff. You know, a lot of censorship. Uh, do you think it's valuable still, and you think it's like kind of a necessary evil for us to keep posting? I mean, yeah, yeah, we're both like not really big social media people. Yeah, but I we don't really be. care about. You it. Have like, to. I, yeah. I, I feel guilty that I don't do more because I know it would be better for my business if I did. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm awful. Yep, I mean, I'm terrible. i it. like I never think to take pictures of the crap that I'm doing while I'm doing it, and then even don't when worry, I got doing, some of this. Yeah, thank <laughs> God. let see was up to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just never like we're not good about yeah. Yeah. Take, the pictures and stuff we do while we do and Today, uh, you know, we're, we actually went up to Nashville between the two matches here. buddy Steven. Good content. Yeah, he has a plane and we flew up there. We had a night of shenanigans last night. Yep. We went out today and got to see some of the sites. Then we came back and like, I felt like such a like we're about to get of, cool. a private plane to go, like, really at cool. Home. It's like one of the cooler things you can do, but like, I think a schmuck, right. taking a picture and just post it. I think it's neat. I think it's different experiences, though. Yeah. Um, and our friends in the industry, I think that actually was helpful to see that there are different people in our industry that own guns, right? Yeah. There. yeah. They're pilots or doctors or lawyers or garbage men, they're whatever. And I think that was really cool to see that there is. Such a dynamic background that you can't really look at somebody and judge them or under or know or That's assume. The one thing I really like about Ryan's podcast, yeah, you yeah find out, you know, I mean, behind the scenes about people that yeah. you would never think they did X, Y, Z. Do you Z. listen to like Marco Davis's podcast? Yeah, I, I mean, that was the I one that mean, stood out you? to me most. We listened to Trevor. I might be in Oh, Trayvon. No, we listen to Trevor Okay, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, but that it looks so it. similar. It's it just gets progressively worse as we drink coffee (laughs) okay last bit of things too um you know with everything in our our second amendment too and, and god everything's changing in our industry like i said censorship and and all that what do you guys think is like the most important thing for you know 2a supporters people that carry guns like to do on a daily basis I mean, like, if you're talking about in terms of longevity of the second, yeah. like, just, you have to be open about telling people what you do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, explain in the most compassionate way possible why it's important to you, but also be unapologetic about yeah. why you are the way you are. Like, I, I know it's, it's a good exercise for us because K like we mentioned before, and there's horses like, like firearms are kind of, there's, they don't really follow any one, uh, it's, it's not a predictor of yeah. where someone lies politically or ethically, yep. you mm-hmm. could say. And so we uh, interact with a lot of people that are, you know, Second Amendment, antifluent, or even progressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we have to basically state our piece. And it's like, you know, we're not going to be unauthentic no. about yeah. what we do yeah. we're interacting with people just because they're a client. And yeah. I think for the most part, you know, we have clientele, or you have a clientele, not to state my role, that uh, that appreciates and respects that we're passionate about it, we're going to tell yeah. them that, like, even if we think they're wrong. Yeah. and I think awesome. that's the most important thing people can do for the most yeah. part. Okay. honestly it's like it's one of those things where I actually I think people are you know it's not like people are going to want to go out shooting with me but I think they I think that everybody gets a vision in their head of what somebody is like like say that crazy anti-gun person mm-hmm. we have a vision in our head of what they're like and it's like you know everybody's a product of their own experiences yeah. upbringing um, yeah, parenting and uh, them putting a face maybe to who you are and Mm -hmm. seeing like, Oh, I'm not some crazy, you know, yeah. Two way person that's, you know, a nut job. It's like, I like shooting and I believe in our rights. Yeah. And, um, I think, and it's the same way with them, you know, definitely me seeing, you know, okay, yeah, they're anti-gun, but then, you know, you meet in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. You're never going to meet someone who just patently doesn't like, don't, doesn't believe in in self-defense and like convert them into like a person Mm -hmm. who's like, but you can at least make them understand why you why you want to. Yeah, and yeah. sometimes it and unfortunately we talked about this. Another friend of mine is it takes an incident sometimes for them to change their minds. 100%. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. That's on on the That's just how it is. Yeah. People that have never been responsible for their own safety. It's yeah. just kinda of how they feel about it. And like I understand and respect that position. Yeah. Even if it's, you know, I don't agree with it. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we did go on longer, but is there anything else? No. if uh, you're no. um, uh, in the Pembroke area in New Hampshire, contact Kate at the If you're in the the uh, the globe, contact me for training. Uh, What's your uh, website? My website doesn't really function. Just email me at Mason Lane at L S A T. hold me at basically any social media. I was say, what are your what are y'all social media handles so people can follow you on there? Mason Lane Shooting, Facebook Instagram. And mine is Kay Lane Shooting and then I don't have a I just have a Kaylee Lane Facebook. I don't have a <laughs> A I don't know. <laughs> Do y'all want to leave a little boneyard sign off or anything here? Oh, I can't uh, put that on. It. It's full. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is full. I love <laughs> it. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, I know this will come out and we'll see what happens at Production Nationals, but good luck, guys. I'm excited. Thank you, Thank you for guys. having us. us. Heck yeah. 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 All right, guys. Tune in next week for the next episode of the Redicle Up Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Redicle Up Podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at RadicalUp or 3GunKenzie.